Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Let's look at the scriptures, and it's, I'm out of 1 Kings chapter 19. I want to read from chapter, uh, chapter one, verse 1, chapter 19. It says this. It says, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Now Elijah was afraid, so he fled for his life and he went to Beersheba and the town of Judah and he left his servant there. So he fled and even left his servant behind. And then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and he prayed, <laughs> he prayed that he might die. <laughs> very interesting prayer. Have you ever prayed that you might die? Uh, it's a very unusual prayer. And uh, I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who already have died. And then he laid down and he slept under a broom tree. Now, just a little background. This is the story about Elijah, and Elijah was a great prophet. Just before this was this, the story of what they call Mount Carmel. On Mount Carmel, Elijah said, okay, all you prophets of Baal, you come up here, and we're going to do a sacrifice. And you call out to your God and, uh, and, and see if he answers. And he was all alone. He felt all alone. He really wasn't all alone. He felt all alone, and he stood up there, and, and, and he did his sacrifice and he when he prayed uh, the fire from heaven came down and consumed the sacrifice and then he was triumphant and he killed all the prophets of Baal so he was like he was in total victory at that point and so he went from the probably the highest peak you could ever imagine to now he wants to die. He's like at the lowest valley. And, and, and so he's going through highs and lows. And I think during this season, can I be honest with you? I have gone through highs and lows. I'll be honest with you, this week I had a low. I was, I was, a, you know, I was struggling this week a little bit about uh, the situation. I was frustrated and, and I got angry at times. I didn't want to die. Actually, I just wanted to strike this thing down. Uh, but, you know, we all go through these times of great highs and great lows. And there are times where we do pray that prayer, or at least we have that thought, I've had enough. I mean, I've just had enough, you know. Maybe, uh, maybe last year you had uh, like a really tremendously financial year. I remember talking to uh, uh, a hotel, person who owned a hotel, and, and they were saying last year was the, one of the best financial years they've had at the hotel. And then turn around this year is the worst year. It goes whoop, boom. Maybe you were setting up for 2020 and 2020 was going to be your year. You felt like this was the year where God was going to break through in your finances and your business and, and all these other areas. Maybe, you know, even uh, you were going to find your mate this year. I don't know, but we have these dreams. And yet we're saying so, we're on this top valley and then all of a sudden, boom, we come down to the bottom. And 
There was this woman, her name was Jezebel. She was the queen of King Ahab. She was a nasty lady, very nasty lady. And basically, uh, if you could say there was a wife who controlled her husband, Jezebel was one of them. And she, uh, she was just dead set against killing uh, Elijah in this situation. And so Elijah now, what does he do? He runs from his life. Uh, he went from this very place of great triumph. And there were many people who were excited that this happened to a place of complete isolation. I mean, doesn't that kind of ring a bell that, uh, you know, we've been isolated uh, my wife went home and my wife was, as I mentioned before, was stuck in America for four months. She just got back three weeks ago. You want to talk about isolation? Trust me, I felt a bit isolated. So I understand this situation. And then Elijah's like saying things like this. Lord, I think this was kind of going through his mind. He said, Lord, you know, I, I've done everything you want me to do. And, and, and yet look, what, look what's going on. I've done everything I want. And now look, I am like, I'm going to get killed. I don't know about you, but I, I felt that way. I know we've all felt that way sometimes where it's like, God, I'm trying my best. I'm serving you. I'm doing everything I can. And yet now it's like, now I, why is these bad things happening? I, I thought that, you know, if I followed you, that good things would happen. Because the Bible says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So, so how come I'm in, the, you know, I'm, 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 in the, I'm in the bottom pit at this point? Now, just so you know, that happens to all of us. That can happen to many of us. And, and so what, what I want to say today is that there are times where you can feel like, I've had enough. I'm doing everything I can. I'm trying everything. And it seems like everything I do is just turning up, nah, not so good. I understand that. Now, when we look at this passage, you're going to see some very healthy things. But I want to show you two things that Elijah did that were kind of mistakes in this situation. He made a couple of mistakes in this situation. The first thing he did when he became afraid. Now, I want to say this. God never said that fear was wrong. Fear is, there's nothing wrong with fear. It's how you react to fear that determines whether you kind of make mistakes or not during fear. Okay? So everyone gets afraid. Uh, we all have moments of fear, but it's what you do in that state. And that's what happened. What, is, what does Elijah do when he's afraid? He runs away. He runs away from his situation and he isolates himself. He moves away from himself and he isolates himself. That is, a, that is a, uh, uh, an ingredient for getting depressed being alone. That's why I'm encouraging you to get in a connect group, to go and meet and laugh with people. Wear a mask if you have to. That's okay. People aren't going to judge you for that. Or on Sunday mornings, go over someone's house or invite someone over, even if it's one or two people. That way you're not alone because being alone is the place where uh, fears are multiplied, where, where depression can increase, and where uh, lies from the evil one will come in and bother you. So don't do like Elijah do and run away. And then it says in verse 3, interesting, he not only runs away, 
he leaves his servant. It says he leaves his servant. Servant, helper, the one who can help him. See, people can help you. And if you leave them behind, if you move away from them, then you have no one there who can help you. And that's what Elijah does. He makes this mistake is he runs away and then he even leaves those who are ready to help him. He leaves them behind. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, a man who isolates himself seeks his own destruction. That's out of the King James Version. I actually really like that phrase. I like the way they say it. A man who isolates himself seeks his own destruction. And that's true. If you isolate yourself, there's a lot of destructive things that happen. Now, if you're doing that right now, if you've been doing that more and more, that is, I'm being honest with you, that is a sign of depression. And you might be struggling with depression right now. That is something that's very common during this, uh, this uh, time of isolation, this, this, during this season. There are people who are depressed. Being alone will not help you. Get with friends. Get with those who can help you. And the other thing I notice here is that Elijah, he sleeps. Okay? That's another sign of depression. If you are sleeping a lot then, and, and you just want to just go to sleep and kind of isolate yourself, these are all signs. Uh, these are not good signs in your life. And so you want to get healthy. You know, I know a friend of mine, uh, I was, honestly, I was, I was beating him in tennis because he was out of shape because he had been eating a lot during, during this uh, time of isolation. I'm afraid to play him now because what happened was he just started getting healthy. He started bike riding. He started running. He started swimming. And now he said he's in the best shape ever. You ask him how he feels. I bet you he feels way better now that he's healthy. So if you are starting to sleep a lot, you need to get up Get some friends and start doing some activities. Go outside. You can go outside and start doing some things, okay? So, again, let's go on in the story. He says this in verse 4. I'm going to read that again. He says, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. And then he laid down and he slept underneath the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, the angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. Look, uh, he, he looked around and there beside him was some bread uh, uh, baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and he laid down again. Uh, then the angel came to him again and touched him. He says, get up and eat some more for the journey ahead of you will be too much for you if you don't eat, basically. So he got up and he ate and he drank uh, and, he, and, he, and he ate, excuse me, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai. Now there's so much in here. Let me just touch on a couple things before I, I jump. That there is a journey, well, let me just jump right in or I'll get off track. It says, and there he came to a cave where he spent the night. So the angel kept saying, get up and eat. Get up and eat because there's a journey ahead. Trust me, there is a journey ahead. There will be a lot to do when all of a sudden things open up. There is going to be a journey ahead. And I want you to get ready for that journey. I want you to get ready because God is saying, get ready. I heard this from the Lord maybe 
three weeks ago, God spoke to me and he said, get ready because things are getting ready now. So we need to get up and get ready because the journey is going to be long. That's okay. So we need to eat. And so that's like the, the here, I want to give you godly ingredients here. Godly ingredients to good health. And these are all right in the scriptures here. Now, it's interesting. Elijah, it says he slept. You would think he needs rest. And that's really what he was looking for. He's looking for rest. But sleep doesn't necessarily give you rest. Just because you're sleeping doesn't mean you're resting. I don't know about you, but there are times where, like, you know, when I've been sleeping and not resting, I'm waking up in the middle of the night. I'm thinking of all these things. As soon as I come up out of sleep, boom, boom, thoughts keep coming. Worries keep coming. All this. That's not rest. That's not the rest that God has. You know, that, that, that's stress. And these are signs of stress and worry. So there is a difference between sleep and rest. And I hope at the end of this message, you'll understand how to get rest. I'm going to share something in a little while about how to get the real rest that you need. But I want to say this to you. I want to say this to you. It's a question. Do you like to be insulted? I mean, how many like to just kind of all of a sudden, you know, uh, they're sitting there and, and, and they get such an insult, you know, they just, somebody just insults them. Do you like, nobody likes to be insulted. Nobody likes to be insulted. And I'm going to say this, long soon to you, that God doesn't like to be insulted either. And worry is an insult to God. It's an insult to God's provision, God's uh, love for you, God's uh, uh, desire to see you prosper. He said he's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And, 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 and so stop worrying and insulting God. Stop it. Stop worrying because God will take care of you. You know, he's already taking care of you right now. If you are watching this, which obviously you are, then you have a phone in your hand or you have a computer sitting in front of you or you're watching it on a TV. Talk about God's provisions. They're right there in front of you. Stop for a second and thank God for all his provisions. You know, we talk about how this, um, this uh, season has made us fat. Oh, what is God providing for you? Don't insult God. God is a great and amazing God. And he's providing everything we need for life and godliness. And that means sometimes a friend gives you money. Or sometimes a friend gives you bread. This is what happened in this situation. Elijah was alone. He was isolated. And an angel gave him bread. We need people to do that sometimes. Sorry, I got a little loud there. I got excited. It goes on. The story says, oh, oh no. Jesus says to his disciples, he says, that, that is why, Jesus said, that is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether, whether you will eat food, uh, uh, you'll have enough food to eat or enough clothes. Can, you, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? If, and if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly... 
he will most certainly, as they say in the old English, truly, truly, he will care for you. And then Jesus actually asked the question, why do you have so little faith? Let's not insult God. God is providing everything we need. He's given us food. He's given us clothes. He's given us everything we need. Oh, maybe we don't have all the things we desire, but we have what we need. And we need to start thanking God for that. As a matter of fact, I believe as you thank God for that, you'll actually receive more. But that's a whole other message. Okay. He says what? Get up and eat. Now, again, I've already said it. I'm going to say it again. Have you noticed that God has been sending you bread through this whole season? Have you noticed that you have a roof over your head during this season? Have you noticed that you have clothes on your back? They might not be the newest clothes, but they won't. They haven't worn out, have they? Just like in the time of the desert, in the Egyptians, uh, during the Israelites, when they were in the, the desert, their clothes didn't wear out during the time of wandering, before they came into the promised land. God's not letting your clothes wear out. You're, take, you're being taken care of. So now I do want to say this, that God says here in this passage, to eat, okay? Now, can I say this? He gave him bread. He gave him proper food. I'm going to be honest with you. Some foods are not good for you. Not only will they get you fat, they actually will bring depression. You know, candies and sweets and chocolates, all of those things, desserts, those are actually bad for you, and they will actually give you chemical reactions in your body that will make you feel depressed. Eat healthy. Eat good. You don't have to always eat the fried foods, you know. There's other food out there that's good for you. And also, proper food is spiritual. God has given us the word of God. It's, for, it's, it's so that we can eat. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We need to eat God's word. I can tell you one thing for a fact, that during this time, this season, I have enjoyed God's word, I would say almost more than I've had over the last few years. I've really enjoyed just getting into his word and studying it. It has been food for my soul. It's been food. While Carol's been away, God has provided a wonderful meal for me in his word. Get into the word as well. Okay? It goes on. It goes on. It says, but the Lord said to him, now this is after he's eaten, it says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replies, I have zealously served the Lord Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. So I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me. I want to give you this principle. You realize that when we get alone, we think we're alone? Have you ever noticed that? When you think you're alone, you feel alone. When you get alone, you feel alone. Do you know sometimes there are people that are in a room with, 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 with 100 people and they feel alone because they think alone. They think they're alone. This will weigh on you. So if you're alone, get with people. Tell them you feel alone and they'll look at you. I'm right next to you. Get with people. And it's funny. 
I like this because actually God, during this time, he doesn't really answer uh, this question or this, uh, we would say this lie, because actually we're gonna, we find out that there are actually 7,000 other people who have never bowed their knee to the gods, the other gods. They still are uh, dedicated to the Lord. But I, uh, Elijah doesn't know this. He feels, he doesn't feel that. You know, feelings are real, but that doesn't mean they're true, okay? And so notice it's just, God just sits there and listens. Elijah, what's up? And he lets Elijah pour out his heart. You can pour out your heart to God. God will let you pour out your heart to God. It's very healthy. This week, I remember, I actually apologized uh, to the staff. Uh, I think it was yesterday, actually, or uh, Thursday, actually, um, because I remember I was, just, I was just so frustrated with this whole thing. And, and, I, and I was so, as I was frustrated about this whole thing, I got frustrated with everybody on the staff. Forgive me, guys. I know you love me. Thank you for loving me. I went home and I just poured out my heart to God and, and, and I just told them how I felt. And it just felt so much better. And I realized, you know, and I, 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 I'm pretty sure the whole staff was there when I said, I am sorry. I, uh, I was not so uh, cheerful as I normally am. Yeah, I'm normally cheerful, right? Staff, tell everybody. Just tell everybody I'm cheerful, okay? <laughs> Anyways, God listens. He just listens. God will listen to you. Okay, these are all practical, healthy things that you can do right now when you're in the situation you're in. And then God says to Elijah, he says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And the Lord, uh, the Lord told him. And so Elijah stood there and the Lord passed by a mighty windstorm, hit the mountain. It was so, such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard this, he wrapped his face in his cloth and he went out and he stood at the entrance. Now, I appreciate the fact that Elijah was waiting to hear God's voice. And I'm telling you right now, the most healthy thing, the greatest thing that you could do is hear God's voice. Now, it's interesting here. Because I believe that what's, what, what God is kind of doing to Elijah here is he's testing him a bit, okay? So he says, go out on the mountain. He stood before the Lord. So we know the Lord was there. And he gives him this big earthquake, this big windstorm, this big fire, right? And, and, and it says that God was not in that. I think many times when we're, when we're in these struggles, when we're going through these things, what's going on in our life? We want the big bang. We think the big bang's going to do it. That's why sometimes financially, you just want the big bang. You just want all of a sudden all this money to come in so you can completely say, oh, this is great. And so we're waiting for the big bang. But God is not in the big bang in many places. He's not here. He's not in the fire. He's not in the whirlwind. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in those big things that you keep looking for. And if we think that we see so all of a sudden, you know, uh, all, you know, all of a sudden we have this big uh, uh, windfall, this great thing that happens to us, we're going to miss it. Because what we need more than that is we need a heart-to-heart Word from God. We need a heart-to-heart -heart 
word from God. We need to hear the whisper of God's voice inside saying, it's going to be all right. I'm with you. Don't worry about it. I'm sheltering you. I'm doing something far greater than a whirlwind, far greater than an earthquake, far greater than a big fire. We need to hear that inside our heart. That's the key. And it's interesting because it says, as soon as Elijah heard it, it says in verse 13, like we just read, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in the cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. So what did he do? He wrapped his face. Why? What is he doing? He stopped looking at all the circumstances around and he went inside and he said, oh God, now I hear you speaking. Now I want to really know the truth of the situation that's going on. See, he started getting connected with God. He stopped worrying about he stopped worrying about Jezebel. He stopped worrying about what other people were doing and not doing. And he wrapped himself and he got in quiet with God. There's a story of this really godly woman. She had 11 kids. Whoa, 11 kids. But they knew she would go in the kitchen. This is a this woman was a major prayer warrior. She would go in the kitchen and they said they knew not to talk to her. She would go in and she would take her apron she used to wear an apron and she would put it over her head and she would sit in the middle of the kitchen with the apron over her head and the kids knew when they walked in that room do not mess with mom because mom's talking to God we need to get into God that's why I want you to be part not just of walking the, 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 the city for the prayer walk I want you to hear God's voice we need to hear God's voice because when we hear God's voice we will not move Woo, I'm getting excited because I have heard God's voice over the last few weeks and it's, it's got me strong again. I feel invigorated again. I feel like I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. I know God is with us. I know nothing's going to happen. I'm not insulting God with worry because I'm not worried because I know he will come through because we serve a triumphant God. Woo! Oh, please hear it. Now, interesting. Oh, I, I wrote this down in big red letters on my notes. Stop looking outward and listen inward. Stop looking outward and listen inward. Okay? Okay, keep going. And then he goes on. As he covered his face, the voice said to him, which is the voice of God, what are you doing here, Elijah? He actually asks them the exact same question he asked them before. But notice, things change. He said, I think his voice probably changed even. I have zealously served the Lord, but the people, he's kind of, now he's actually letting it out. And talk, no, he knows he's talking to God. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant and have torn down and killed every one of your prophets. And I am the only one left. And they're trying to kill me. And now he gets to hear God's reply. Trust me, if you're not quiet, if you're not quiet, if all your thoughts keep going all over your finances or all over the things that are going wrong and all that stuff, if you're going all there, 
You're not going to hear his voice. You need to quiet and still your, your mind and your heart and listen. And the Lord speaks to him. He says, go back the same way you came and travel to, to the wilderness of, the, uh, of Damascus. And when you arrive there, anoint Hazel, the king over Aram, and then anoint Jehu, the, 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 the grandson of Nemesh, Nish, Nish, I can never say those, to the king of Israel and anoint Elisha from, to replace you as prophets. I'm skipping those words because I don't want to embarrass myself. And anyone who escapes from Hazel will be killed by Jehu. And those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I have preserved 7,000 others in, in Israel who have never bowed their knee to Baal or kissed them. This is the last ingredient that I believe is something, not only something for you to do, I actually believe that we're going to start coming out of this. That doesn't mean that we're going to have financial complete success. It doesn't mean that we won't have to put up with some of the, the, the junk that's happening during this season. It doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, it's time that we begin to stand up and walk. God showed me when I was doing Revelation, he gave me that vision of Jesus with brass feet. Brass feet, when they walk, it's doosh, doosh, doosh. That's what God, that's the way God wants us to begin to walk. When we hear the voice of God and we begin to go and now he gives them instruction, he says, go back. It's time to face the things that we've run away from. Go back to them. Walk with those brass feet of Jesus and begin to just pound out the, the pavement. Go back. And then he says what? He says, start anointing. Start anointing. Who does he anoint? He says, he anoints the leaders. Start anointing. Pour anointing on me. I'll take it. Start appointing, start pouring anointing on your bosses. Anointing on the leaders that are all around you. That's what he's saying. Anoint the kings. Anoint them. Pour out anointing oil on them. Begin to go around and pray over them. And give them anointing. Because they, hallelujah, are over you. You need to hear them. You need them to be anointed. And then he says what? He says, and then go and anoint Elisha. Anoint the next generation. We need to start anointing the next generation. This cheer is bugging me. It's time that we start anointing the next generation. Start anointing your children. Start anointing the young adults. Start anointing those under you. Start beginning to pour into them. It's time that we anoint the next generation. Those who will replace us. It's time. And then what does he say? He says, after you've anointed them, he says, they will be the ones that will destroy all the enemy. Woo! The leaders and those that you anoint, they will be the ones. And then he says, remember, there are many. It's time that we start not only gathering with people, we start actually beginning to anoint others and leading them to Jesus and gathering them as a mighty army, hallelujah, for Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm excited, <laughs> but I hope you got the word today. I want you to go out and I'm going to pray an anointing over you now as we close because it's time that we, we, we begin to rise up and begin to pray over this land and God will heal it. Amen? Receive this anointing. Lord Jesus, pour out your anointing on your people. Father, right now, hallelujah, if there's anybody here that Lord God 
is struggling and feeling isolated, I pray they would, as it says in the scriptures, they would turn back and return and they would begin to anoint people and they would begin, hallelujah, to gather together with others and find the strength they need because the road is long ahead. Hallelujah. Father, bless your people. Pour out your word upon them so that, Lord God, they are filled with healthy things in their mind and their soul. Father, hallelujah. Lord God, remind everyone to get in shape, to get eat healthy because the journey ahead, hallelujah, is not only long, but it's great. So pour out your spirit upon them, Jesus. Bless them and keep them. Cause your face to shine upon them. Be gracious to them, Lord God. And Lord God, hallelujah, not only give them peace, Peace. Lord, I pray they begin to pour out peace to this city. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. That message was a bit long. Good word, though. <laughs>